Okay, you guys, I've been waiting to get to this dive. Oh, have I been waiting to get to this queen deep dive? Yes, I am. It's a bittersweet moment, actually, because this is the second to last song on Queen's fifth album, A Day at the Races. And I love this album. I love it so much. I really feel like the songs as a whole are stronger than what we had on A Night at the Opera. The mix of this album, especially when you compare it to every album before it, is really second to none. I I just, I love what the guys did here. Their production work, of course, they had some help from the wonderful Mike Stone, who I just talked about on the last Queen Deep Dive. But their production here, is just magnificent. I don't use that word enough talking about Queen. They are magnificent, darling. And today, it's a very special dive. It's a very special day. We don't get a lot of songs from John or Roger. And it's all Raj today, you guys. I love this one so much. This is Drowse. At dive number 55, 55, track number nine, yes, on a day at the races. This is Roger's sole contribution to the album, classic folk rock, folk. There's a really good reason we have a little bit of folk inflection here. We'll talk about that in great detail as I gush over this thing. This was actually a B-side to tie your mother down in the U.S. only released March 8th of 1977. Interesting that they chose this as the B-side. I wonder if they flipped a coin, if Roger twisted an arm, or they just thought, you know, this sounds a little American, so maybe we should put it on our American release of Tie Your Mother Down. I'm not the only one who thinks that. I'm not the only one. We're going to get to it. We're at 145 beats per minute. It's kind of surprising that we're at that pace because... This song feels like the title. It's very lackadaisical. It's very kind of lazy. It lumbers along. This ties in with everything the song is about, though. It's so important. Roger, I think, here had this absolute moment of genius. That's why I'm going crazy about it. It's in 6-4 time signature. 3-4 and 6-4 were time signatures that Roger often used. It's almost like he just falls into it. I love it. I think it's a great little spin on a rock song to do something in a waltz feel. And we're in three keys here. Well, actually, technically two. We've got D major and E major and a little bit of E minor in there as well. Reflecting on long-lost youth and forgotten opportunities, nostalgia, and sinking into the dreariness and the monotony of the mundane after your life has passed you by. This song is so incredible, and it reminds me of other songs like Neil Diamond's Solitary Man. You guys heard that song. That song was written by Neil when he was like 20 And it's so poignant and mature. And and when I listen to it, I think to myself, wow, this, this man really had an emotional depth that I think some people never have, regardless of how old they become. But some of these guys, and women for that matter, but some of these men have 
just this incredible understanding and this reflection of time as it passes and what it does to us and our perspectives. And yes, I'm getting all deep about this because I love this song. I love what Roger did here. I think coming from him, because he's such a rock and roller, it's kind of surprising, but he goes down these routes. He goes down these reflective, nostalgic paths And it's always such a welcome retreat and experience going on these melodic and musical adventures with him. This is dreamy, steady, reflective, so nostalgic, and just that touch of folk in its warmth. It's stunning. From our very own favorite drummer, we get this softer, richly layered, glittering number with a shuffling and deep drum beat that perfectly captures the longing and yearning for memories long gone. Brian and Roger trade off rhythm guitar, making for a rich contrast of gentler and rougher sounds. John holds the fort, synchronizing dramatic sliding bass lines with the lumbering dramatic slide guitar chords, courtesy of Brian on heavily flangered guitar. Or it's an effect like a flangered guitar. A steady, classic drum beat, thick with hi-hat and cymbals, is accented with effortless fills and the occasional glimpse of a crash, partially created with that dense timpani. Roger takes center stage vocally on all lead and harmony vocals. Not only does he double the lead, he gives us octaves, covering the expanse of young and old reflections. I love this. It's like he's living hoping for or aching for the dreams of the young, even as he's older. This lacks the usual classic lyrical guitar solo from Brian, and Freddie is entirely absent. It's a rare moment where Roger takes it and runs with it, and it's affecting in its consistency. It's not unlike the surprising lyrical softness of The Loser in the End or the living-in-the-moment indulgence of Tenement Funster. Drowse takes Roger's penchant for reflection and slams it into his refined songwriting, giving us this polished and poignant song, his best yet. This was never played live. Ah, such a sadness there. I get it. I get it. This is Roger's song in almost every way. He's the lead on it. I can't even imagine Freddie singing it. There's instances where... When the guys would play a song live, Freddie would take the lead. Modern Times Rock and Roll, 39. Sometimes it worked, and it worked very, very well. It put a different spin on the song, but this was something that the guys never touched in a live setting. It makes it all the more special because of that, of course. It gives it a certain timelessness. I think it gives it this needle in a haystack feel. This is one of those songs that isn't, talked about among casual fans at all, but I think fans who dig deep in the catalog and get to know Queen inside out discover something magical in this. A few comments from the guys and of course Roger himself on this one. I found this lovely little snippet that he said, quote, I remember writing it very well. I wrote it in my bedroom at the Manor Studios in 1976, and I don't know about a quantum leap, but it was a bit different, a bit quirky, and it was quite easy to record with a double track vocals, very high, 
That was at a Queen fan club convention in 2001 when he said that. And in an interview with Sally on Saturday Scene from 1976, Roger said about this song, quote, I seem to have a bit of a rock and roll tag, but I have my quiet moments as well. This is one of them, a slightly more relaxed thing than usual. It's rather American, it turned out, but you'd never know until you finished, unquote. That's actually one of the first interviews filmed of Roger, or at least that's the first I've ever come across. Now, in January of 77, Freddie talked about Roger's gorgeous number, saying, quote, Drowse is a very interesting song of Roger's. Roger is very rock and roll. It's got great slide guitar from Brian, and Roger's done octave vocals. It's a very hummable tune, actually. I sing it all the time. Well, dude, Freddie, <laughs> why didn't you sing it on tour? <laughs> Dang it. If only. Freddie, if you're listening to me right now, I want to hear it from you someday. I'm just saying. I would love to hear them rock out to this live. That's all I'm saying. A few facts about this lovely number. Roger supposedly mentions Brian by name at the very, very end of this in the fade out. More on this a bit later in this dive. And Roger also plays electric rhythm guitar, not the acoustic, because that's still Brian, and timpani here. Another example of him indulging in multiple instruments on one of his songs. And yes, all vocals, lead and backing by our boy, Roger. In fact, this is almost a Roger solo number, as some of his Queen contributions sometimes are. He loves to play multiple instruments when it's a song he's penned. He does this on another song I love of his, Fight From The Inside. Ooh, that's on the next album. I can't wait to get to that. It's nothing like this one. It's very angsty. We'll talk about it. Now, I've heard a few people criticize the dramatic slide guitar on this, on Drowse. I find it a key element that creates the sleepy and lazy atmosphere we need to emphasize the reflective, melancholy lyrics. And hey, it's Brian, people. You're going to criticize Brian's brilliance? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I actually heard someone say that on another podcast, that they didn't like the slide guitar. And I have read it from the occasional fan or blogger, what have you. Some people don't like it. They find it a distraction. I think it's a very important facet of this song. But you know what? This is often mentioned as one of fans' favorites that Freddie doesn't sing lead on. Many, many fans name this their favorite Roger number. It's very, very high on my list, if not at the top. And it's interesting that despite Roger's penchant for heavier rock and roll, it's this reflective and softer number that many celebrate so much. People love the quote-unquote lethargic drums that create this dreamy atmosphere. I've seen that comment multiple times. People love the drums. I actually, if I was going to pick something that stuck out to me more than the slide guitar, it's the drums because the slide guitar is very melodic. What was that? <laughs> something just fell. Sorry, that scared me. I have no idea <laughs> if my voice did something weird there. It's like when I'm driving and someone scares me and I like jump and I feel like my car lurched a whole lane over, but it didn't and it was just in my head. I'm so sorry. Tangents. Okay. What was I talking about? Yes. This song, the, the drums, the drums, the, um, 
The very lethargic drums, yes. People like those drums. And I like them too. I'm just saying if I'm listening to this song, it's that very heavy boom that sticks out to me. But it's an important characteristic of the song too. It really gives it the weight that we need. And and we're going to talk about that more as we go through the song right now in so much, way too much detail. I don't care if this is TMI, guys, when I go through these songs like this, because this is the best part. This is the love for it. This is me enthusiastically gushing over everything. Guitars, guitars, guitars. This bursts in, fully realized. Rhythm acoustic from Brian surrounds us with that soft atmosphere, that sleepy, lackadaisical slide guitar. Also, Brian... That's what really, really creates the feeling of slowness, the reflection, losing too much time to wonder. And Roger's drums, flitting hi-hat, the rare fill and riff, but otherwise a steady, easy pace accented only by the weight of a heavy timpani. That, if there is anything that completes this feeling of sheer weight and heaviness, it's the timpani. Roger Love your voice. It's the sad-eyed goodbye yesterday moments I remember. Ooh, I love the high octave though, that high falsetto fastened with the lower octave. I have to say again how genius this is, as though he's capturing the feeling as both a younger and older man simultaneously. I've read the occasional comment that some feel Roger's voice was more consistent than Freddie's, but I don't really know what they mean. Regardless of what they mean, whether it's the tone, whether it's the strength, whether it's the pitch, Roger's tone and his pitch always he always knows exactly where to be. He shifts into a stronger grit with the second half of the verse and that beautiful chord transition we don't expect. The chords here are generally pretty straightforward, but there is a moment, a shift that even the Beatles never did in their chords, in the movement of their chords. It's a change that Freddie decided to use later in his song, Jealousy. But these chords, simple, so effective, expand this feeling of the bright life when times were easier when we were younger. There isn't really a classic chorus here in the song. It doesn't feel that way. The verses seem to make up the song entirely, and the second has a great lyric. Quote, it's a vertical hold, all the things that you're told, unquote. Raj mentions a horizontal hold in one of his solo tracks, Turn On The TV. I'd love to talk to him about this. What does this mean? Is there a conscious decision to include both different kinds of holds in the songs? Anyway, this bridge all major chords here, which creates a kind of brightness as Roger reminisces with urgency. I love the lead into it, the way Roger shuffles the percussion, like an approaching wave of massive nostalgia. The arrangement loses some depth and the acoustic guitar is right there, all around us. Roger gives us that gritty and raspy delivery again, all in one octave. Half of the time, we broaden our minds more in the pool hall than we did in the school hall. Oh, he does a fantastic job with the lyrics here and the delivery. The sounds build once again and Roger's voice rises, watching the nightlife, the lights and the fun. I love what the electric guitars do here. 
until we fall into the last verse, some beautiful variations of the guitars and the bass lines even, and some of Roger's best, most honest writing. Thinking it right, doing it wrong. It was easier from an armchair. I feel that. Oh, do I feel it. Roger, in perfect fashion, falls into speaking the last of the lyrics. And as the song begins to fade out, he names heroes and those who inspired him, calling out Clint Eastwood, Jimi Hendrix, and William the Conqueror. He asks to no one in particular, who else do I like? And after this moment, as it's nearly faded, Raj may or may not say, Brian May. Guys, here's the funny part about this. I had read that, heard that, that it was there, and forever I could not hear it. I would turn this thing up, cranking it, straining to hear it, and I could never pick it out. I thought, okay, he's saying something there, but I couldn't tell if it was Brian May. And I kid you not, guys, just today, finally today, I heard it. I was actually listening to it on YouTube, not my iPod, not on my computer, but on YouTube where I think the volume was more compressed. So the end of it was louder than it is on my iPod or in my own library. And I heard it. And the thing is, it's right before the very end of the song. It's not right after he says, now who else do I like? It's farther along than you think it is. And I swear there's other stuff said there and I don't know what that stuff is. But yeah, I think I finally heard him say Brian May and it makes my heart explode a little bit because I always thought that was just some urban legend thing that maybe people wanted him to say Brian May, but I think he actually does. And I wonder what else he says though between that moment where he says, now who else do I like? And there's at least one, maybe two other things in there that are said, Roger, who else do you like? (laughs) Tell me. I'd love to know the answer to that question. So many questions. I should write these down because on the off chance that I do happen to run into Brian or Roger somewhere, ha ha ha, I would have like 10 bazillion gazillion Google Plex questions. Anyway, that is Drowse, a number that I love so very much that was never performed live and is absolutely stunning in its composition. Truly, this is probably Roger's best song with the guys. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to make it sound as though the stuff we're gonna talk about from him that's still coming is not good, because that's not the case. But I really do think that this moment here was, as I said earlier, it was this brilliant moment that just struck him. And he said it himself when he wrote it. It was kind of this strange alternate thing that he normally wouldn't do. But sometimes songs, when they come like that, they're so good, even if they're so different. And like many other tracks from Brian or Freddie or John, I wonder how much input did the other guys have? Or was this something that Roger put together almost entirely on his own? And then of course we just, we had the support from Brian and John on the guitars and the bass, but otherwise this is just Roger's number. Freddie is taking a break on this one, but you know. Freddie's still fabulous. He deserves a little breather once in a while. The guys all took a breather from time to time, whether it was on tracks or whether it was on tours when they played live. Brian would play his solos and the rest of the guys would kick it back, you know, have a Kit Kat, as Roger would say, Kit Kat. I don't know. 
I like Reese's. <laughs> anyway, that is Drow's, ladies and gents. Please go listen to it. This is a stunner. Really, it's it's really good. It's I love the lyrics. You gotta go listen. You gotta go listen. You gotta go read the lyrics while you listen to this because there are moments where Roger's delivery is so buried in the mix. And I'm sure this was intentional because it's supposed to be a little bit dreamy. It's supposed to be a little bit removed. So as he comes down in the second phrases of some of those lyrics, it's very quiet. It's very difficult to, in some cases, discern what he's saying. And I think you really need to read the lyrics because then you'll get the whole story. But I love this one. Oh, Roger, I love this one. This is great. Really, I think what this does is showcases how dynamic Roger is as an artist, as a person, because there might be this misconception occasionally, maybe not from everyone, but from some, that he's just a drummer in a rock band. He's actually used that description for himself before. But I think a lot of times these other musicians in the band supporting pieces of the band, in this case, of course, Queen is very much so the four of them in the band. But sometimes people think, oh, that's just the bassist. That's just the guitarist. That's just the drummer. They're just the ones that support Freddie or they have an awesome solo here and there. But I think this showcases that Roger doesn't just write rock and roll, that he's actually thinking very deeply about other topics and about other things, even if they're fleeting moments that come in a flash and in a flurry and you don't expect them. But that's what makes this so good is, again, this is one of those moments that it's here and it's fully realized and it's a gorgeous thing. And uh, I'm just so glad we have it. This, this song, I'm in love with it. It's such a good one. And I'll be back next time. It'll be the last song on a day at the races, you guys. Sadness. But we're getting into the next album. I don't even want to talk about it yet because after I do the next dive for races, I need to reveal my pick for who blew me away on this album. You guys, I had my pick. I've picked who I like on most of the albums already. I mean, who I like the most, who blew me away the most. And this one, I got to say, my decision shook a little bit because these last few songs we've been through, guys, one of the guys has kind of impressed me more than I thought he would. So I don't know. This might have to be a co-album. Controversial? Hey, I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. This is my podcast. I'll do what I want to. But I'll talk to you guys next time. Keep yourselves alive. And have a kickback, relaxing day, night, weekend. Get your week started. Get it going. Okay, guys. Later. <laughs>